Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas. Welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. I am excited because I have my dear friend from my BNI days, and her name is Liz Apodaca, and she has a law firm that is called My Attorney LA, and she brings the aloha spirit to her practice, and so I wanted to bring her in here because I know a lot of Amigas out there probably own homes, but don't have an estate plan. So this episode is for you, Amiga, so you can handle your shit, your finances with with wealth planning. It's super important because if you do not have everything done correctly, guess what? The government will do its job because it does very well in dictating what is for you and what's for them because they like to get a piece of their cut, right? So let's not allow that to happen. So Liz Apodaca is the owner and chief legal counsel at My Attorney LA, where she specializes in estate planning, probate, and related areas of practice. She is a Whittier native. She went to high school at St. Paul High School in Whittier. And and Liz also, she attended the California State University Chico, where she earned her BA in international relations. And she's always filled with a sense of wanderlust. Liz decided that she'd like to experience the island life in Hawaii. She went to work for one of the Hawaii's premier hotel chains before she was accepted to the University of Hawaii's School of Law on in Oahu. Upon earning her JD with honors in 2001, she worked at two Hawaii's prominent law firms practicing commercial litigation while raising her two young daughters, her youngest born in Hawaii. The Hawaiian way of life made a significant impact on Liz and changed her philosophy of life. When she moved back to Whittier, she brought the Aloha spirit with her and as 
She has integrated everything in her work style. And so again, in 2010, she had a series of events brought her back to Whittier. She took that opportunity to use the law degree to provide service to others in the city of Whittier and elsewhere. So what better way to use the aloha spirit of interconnectedness and compassion than helping people plan their estates and legacies to protect their future and assist them with ways to provide financial security for the loved ones after they are gone. So Liz is not only, you know, her spirit is with the aloha vibe, but she's also a really wonderful, kind human who you would need in this type of circumstance. Because sometimes when we talk about our legacy, that also includes the inevitable, which is death, right? Two things you can't escape here in America, uh, taxes and death. So talking about it, you need someone who is very compassionate to guide you through your assets and um, hold space for you. So without further ado, this is Liz Apodaca. Welcome, 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 Liz, to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Hi, Jackie. I'm so excited to be here as well. And that was just awesome, all the things you were saying right now. Oh, (laughs) I love it. You know, the one thing that I always loved about you that you're, your integrity, your character was always preceded you, meaning always soft, well-spoken and very well, um, you know, very aloha, right? And that is the whole thing about your, your firm is very much the Hawaiian flavor. And, you know, that is like really amazing because we as attorneys, we tend to be like all aggressive and fight and blah, blah, blah but not your practice. Your practice is very different. And let's, you know, get started. But before we do get into the nitty gritty of the practice of law and just estate planning, I want Amigas to get to know who you are, Liz, where are you from and what you're doing? Okay. Well, a little about me. I grew up in this beautiful town of Whittier. I was raised here, went all up through high school here, But then I went off and I was in the travel industry for a while. And so that's what took me to Hawaii. I I worked in the airline industry. I worked in the hotel industry. And I just had some great opportunities to travel the world. Hope to do more travel in the future. That's kind of one of my passions. Seen so many wonderful things, so many heartbreaking things, you know, in other parts of the world that are just not as fortunate as we have it. And we just don't realize that until you actually see it, you know, face to face and talk to those people. So after um, being in the travel industry, um, my kids were young and I couldn't be traveling so much anymore. My husband at the time wanted me to stay home. And so I decided I was going to either be a teacher or get into law school. So luckily I passed the, uh, well, I, I, (laughs) did the LSAT, got accepted. I was living living in Hawaii at the time, like I say, in the travel industry. So I went to the University of Hawaii and I had such a wonderful aloha experience there. Such a great school, great community. 
I worked for some of the biggest law firms in Hawaii right after graduating. But I did all those things that you mentioned, you know, that that fighting over money. And that was just like killing my spirit. I just could not like go after small businesses where a lot of the, you know, the dependents we were going after because we did some some union where, where we represented unions, collecting for them, evicting businesses, insurance defense, all those things where you're just fighting over stuff that really, you know, in the big picture is not that important. I mean, I'm sure it's important to the client, but you have to take those positions, you know, on the client side that it's not always the most ethical and most community type of position, right? So I'm so glad to be out of that when the Great Recession happened or whatever it was with the crash in 2009. It was my opportunity to come back home, left my husband, you know, all those personal things, personal tragedies at the time. My my brother died around then. And all of that brought, brought me back to Whittier. And I feel fortunate to be here now. I mean, of course, I love Hawaii. But, you know, you live where you live and you settle in where you are. And I just love being here in Whittier, reconnecting with college friends, reconnecting with my high school friends. We do so many things together. So anyway, I'm hoping that's what you're wanting to know. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. That is exactly what I want to know because as I was looking through your bio, and I know some of it because we've had many conversations, But I know amigas out there who don't know you that, you know, who maybe don't even know about Whittier, California, because, you know, this podcast is international. So, but the thing that draws me to you is that your easy spirit, your aloha style that you bring to what you do. And I bet that was purposeful in bringing it over here to the city of Whittier, correct? I think so. I mean, you know, it's just now just a part of me and it really fits in with who I am, just the the mellowness and the community. Because, you know, remember, Hawaii is an island. And so the community is within itself. People in Hawaii don't honk when they're cut off. Truly, they try not to cut other cars off, but, you know, driving happens. So people don't honk because you don't know that could be your best friend's auntie driving that car. It's just such a small little community. And that's how we have to think about living our own lives is that we're part of a community. And so whatever we do affects other people. You know, there's the, the butterfly fluttering, you know, analogy. There's, there's just like so many ways of putting it. And for me, the way of putting it is living aloha. You live to interact with others around you and for the common good and for, you know, the best. And so how I use that to approach what I do in my business is to just try to make the most common sense solution for the client that's sitting in front of me. You know, we don't have to go like over fancy with whatever they need. We don't have to like have the highest price for people to pay just because, you know, hey, I'm a lawyer. It's about, you know, what works best for that individual person and that individual family. And so that's what I feel is being part of the community. Yeah. Yeah. And you leaving 
litigation in Hawaii, which is interesting because there's the paradox, right? Hawaii is about hang loose, everything's easy peasy flow, and you're working for a firm that is completely the opposite of that. So my take from this is that you definitely said, "Uh uh-uh, I want to bring Hawaii back to my practice, and you decided to do that. So did you immediately decide to open up your law firm or did you work for somebody else? Well, I actually did, you know, think about working for someone else, but I already knew when I moved back to uh, Whittier that I was not going to work for another big law firm. You know, the law firms that I worked for in Hawaii were um, the biggest there. They're not big by LA standards. They're probably more medium sized, but you're talking like 50 lawyer law firms. And the culture, although it's a little more mellow, it's still that same kind of model where you've got to like bill your number of hours and work as hard as possible. And when the partner has an assignment that they, you know, where the the client hires us at four in the afternoon on a Friday when you're about to head out for the weekend and then you have to stay and, you know, because partner's not going to stay, they're going to hand it off to the, the closest warm body, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, so leave. Um, so leave the firm. <laughs> leave by yeah. four p.m. So, like don't be there. <laughs> yeah. So I I didn't care like how much money was available. I just did not want to have that kind of lifestyle, especially yeah. when you think about like fighting the traffic. Traffic in Hawaii is bad. I lived close enough to downtown Honolulu that I didn't have to deal with it, but. Here, you know, I did not want to have to be in a situation where I spent, you know, my life sitting in traffic, driving into, you know, downtown to go up an elevator and work in a high rise. I don't need that kind of lifestyle. Don't need those kind of like amenities or, you know, status or whatever it is. It's just not, it's not, it's It's not not your vibe to me anymore. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I did anymore. have that Ocean View office on the 25th floor. Oh, yeah, the sexy, the sexy yeah. view, but, all that. Like, it's outside. It's so amazing, so beautiful. But you're inside, and you're like, I fucking hate this job. Yeah, it was so tense all the time. You can see the ocean out there with the sun glistening on the water. But, you know, it's it's just it just wasn't worth it. I just didn't yeah. have the right kind of lifestyle for yeah. to appreciate yeah. that. Exactly. So you brought that beautiful vibe to your practice. And so you decided to do estate planning from the from the get go? Or was that an evolution for you? That was an evolution as well. And you know, we all experience that, um, where we just take advantage of the the things that happen to us. And for me, um, I was wanting to, you know, I knew I didn't want to work for a law firm, I thought maybe a corporation, but the timing just wasn't right. You know, in 2009, 2010, there really were not a lot of available jobs. And, you know, again, the same kind of thing where you're just working for somebody else. So I thought about, you know, going out on my own and I was going to work on business contracts and, you know, just like help small businesses. But that just really evolved into estate planning because when you think about estate planning, it's also a contract. You're contracting with yourself. You're signing an agreement with yourself. So that's what it became. It was about, you know, just documenting information that needs, that every person needs. So, you know, small businesses also need to have their paperwork in order a lot of times though. And, you know, I I empathize with that because I'm a small business myself, but you just don't have the money. You just don't have the time to be 
dotting all those I's and crossing all those T's. So you really need to like, um, entrepreneurs just like have that spirit where they just like go out and they're brave and they just do it. But so I didn't have a whole lot of clients basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So that evolved into the estate planning, which um, I had mentioned my brother had passed away right around that same time. He drowned in 2009. Yeah. Like Havasu was like a tragic accident because he dove into the water, which was 50 degrees or even colder where it was 114 out on the boat. And you know, his brain just went into shock. So incredible. Say, you know, take heed. Don't do that. Don't dive in when it's hot outside because, you know, you could, your body could just go into shock. That's what wow. happened. Oh, and so, so it was just kind of, yeah, it was like a sudden unexpected thing. I had to deal with his situation, which, which actually his, you know, his lifestyle was pretty simplified. It wasn't like a complicated, well, he didn't have a whole lot of assets. Uh, he didn't have a home and um, people who do have a home, they might think, Oh, that's not, you know, a huge thing. The bank actually owns it. I don't own my home, but you do own your home. You have a home. That's an asset. It needs to be protected. Yeah. And so that's who I like to help. Wonderful. So, okay. So then we're talking about protecting our assets. And so you and I know that even though we pay taxes, when we purchase the damn house, we pay taxes on the land. And so you think, okay, well, I'm going to give this to my kids. And lo and behold, there was no estate plan. What happens? Well, that's, you know, that happens a lot. I've seen that a lot. Of course, there's a lot of risk when you give away your property because you don't own it anymore. I mean, I've seen situations where, um, you know, the son that you once trusted now is the owner of the property or daughter, you know, whichever goes both ways. But, you know, if that person gets married or is married already and the spouse decides that they want to move in the house, you know, the parents have no legal standing to prevent that because they no longer own the home. And so that's kind of like the worst case scenario um, where the parents just lose all control and have no rights anymore. Um, I've also seen situations, not necessarily that this happened, but that people were worried about it where they put their children's names on title. And then one of them gets in a really bad car accident. And now they're worried about, Oh, they're going to be sued. And my house is going to be um, taken away. And again, I haven't seen that it, that actually happens because usually there's insurance involved and, you know, right. Right. It's kind of rare, but but it could happen, you know, it could happen. And then also, you know, if someone is, if, if the child who receives the home, they get divorced, that spouse may have rights to that home. So you give away all of the control. Right. That's really what you lose. Now, I think what you're getting at too, also, there could end up being a huge tax burden in the long run. Because you had mentioned property taxes. Well, that is one type of tax. And there's paperwork, there's law that says that if a child lives in the home and the parent lives in the home and you file the right paperwork, you can keep the the property taxes the same, you know, under the Prop 13 level. But there's also another kind of tax that's a capital gains tax, which you pay to the federal government when the asset is sold. So the gain is measured from the um, date of purchase amount to the ultimate sale. And so in California, I mean, our our property, our real estate has just 
increase in value like crazy, right easy so especially when, with your with your <laughs> yeah in a lot of places though like you know even 20 years ago and 20 years ago like truly is not that long ago 20 2002 I remember what I was doing 20 years ago but right but some parents you know that are older they've had real estate since the 70s since the 80s they paid less than a hundred thousand dollars for it so then they add their children on title. That child eventually will sell the property. Maybe not now because the parents still live there. Maybe not in the foreseeable future. But one day the property will be sold. The gain is going to be measured from the date of that original purchase. And, you know, that amount is subtracted from the amount that it's sold for. And you pay tax on the difference. And who knows what the capital gains tax rate could be. You know, that goes up and down all the time, but, you know, you just don't know. So the better way is to leave the property in the parents' names and then allow the children to inherit the property. Now, that avoids the whole capital gains tax because when the parents pass away, the value for gain purposes is now the amount as of the date of inheritance the date of the parent's death, the last yeah. parent's die, right? right? So now that value is a current value. And that's through when you actually do the trust. Is that well, when you it's, Yeah, it's, it's actually inherited. So it could happen if a person goes through probate or through a trust. But yes, okay. it's better to do a trust because then you avoid the whole expense, time, you know, hassle, emotional about, toll on, you know, on a person by by going to court. So either way, but yes, the trust is definitely the more efficient way to transfer right. property through inheritance. Yeah. And then also you avoid those property, what is it, the probate fees. Probate that, fees. Yeah. That if your estate is, let's just say hypothetically, I mean, in Whittier, I don't think you can find any house like you know, four bedroom house for less than six hundred thousand. Like that's ludicrous. It's like in the millions, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, even a very modest house is going to be at least 500, 600,000. So you look at those four bedrooms, the, the nicer homes, the, the ones with the view. Yeah, those are million dollar homes. So um, and, and so, so if you don't have if you don't have a living trust, then you're stuck with those probate fees, yes, which which are calculated based on the value of the estate, the gross value of the gross value. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, so you know, a standard probate fee is generally around twelve thousand, but that's kind of like for a modest estate where the parents just, you know, had a simple home that was not fixed up, investor buyer kind of home, um, twelve thousand, but it uh, can go way up from there as well. And then again, just the time, the emotional factors of the family deciding like who's going to do what. Who's going to be in charge? Who's going to make those decisions? And that's not always clear cut with every family. No, right? No, no. <laughs> Especially when you have okay. So when you have one kid, then it's like ah, oh, easy peasy because you only have one kid. Right. right. <laughs> but when you have several kids, and maybe those several kids are married with their right. own kids, right? You know, you're bound to have a situation where one is going to feel like is owed more than the other kid. And that's where the fights start really happening, right? Yeah. It's those entitlements, you know, okay. mom like me better or 
I took care of mom and, you know, it's, it's, I'm entitled to more. That's what happens. Or I lived in this house for the last 30 years so that, you know, it doesn't entitle anybody to anybody. anything unless it's in writing, you know, maybe yeah. they are entitled, but the parents decide that if the yeah. parents want to say this one son has never really been able to buy a home. My daughters are married. My other son has a good job, you know, or daughters have, you know, great jobs too, where they're self-sufficient. Then, um, you know, the, the parents can decide they want this one son who just can't really support himself to have the job, to have the house. And that's perfectly fine if it's what the parents want. Yeah, yeah. And, and so amigas out there listening to this episode, it's important to settle your affairs before, you know, you're at, I say, settle them as soon as you have assets, start settling them. Because A, you don't want to leave it behind. So the government decides what to do with it. Uh, do you really want your kids to pay more taxes? Because <laughs> that's less money in their pocket. And I'm sure the, you know, wonderful parents, they don't want, they don't want that. So it's important to, you know, do these estate plans early on in, in your life when you start creating your assets and so that you can build your legacy. Now, since we're talking about certain situations, like I want to, I guess, bring light to the worst estate planning, you know, case that you've had where not only emotionally taxing for you, but for the family, it was hella crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't think of one where I did the estate plan that was like, you know, a bad situation, right? I, you know, we, we try to like work it out. What's the best for the family, but sometimes, you know, sometimes the kids want to like make the decisions for the family and that can be a problem, but generally it gets harder when there's mixed blended families. You know, when you have you know, each parent has children from a different marriage. Maybe they have children together, maybe not. But, you know, that's where it can be a little bit dicey because in California, we have community property laws. And community property says that each homeowner is, each of the spouses is entitled to half, half of that property. So each spouse gets to decide for themselves what they want to do with that half. And sometimes Sometimes it gets a little crazy, you know, and sometimes, and I see this more with the wives, they <laughs> don't trust their husbands to not get married after they're gone. They're like, right. you know, I don't want my husband to remarry and that woman in my bed wearing my slippers. Oh my God. <laughs> we're going to set this up so that, you know, nothing can be changed, which I mean, you know, we, we work it out, but th that's their attitude from the beginning is is he's not going to be single forever. He's going to go out and find somebody else. And, you know, that kind of is true. Men don't like to be alone. alone. I mean, women don't either, but we are a little more independent and yeah. I think stronger in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and also it's easier to get a relationship when you're a guy <laughs> than it is for a woman. Let's just be honest about more that. More picking. Uh, yeah. More to pick from. Yeah. Like they don't really discriminate. They're like, okay, young, 20 years younger, who cares? But if they yeah. have, if the, if it's the woman, the same age as the guy, 20 years younger for a guy with a 40 year old, whatever, 20 year old guy and 40 year old woman. I mean, that doesn't, according to many people, it doesn't look good. So 
you know, there's all these issues. I mean, God, there's so many. It It happens. happens. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then the children, like, you know, then, I mean, I have seen these probate. Usually the problems are when there's probate, when there's nothing in writing. And I have a lot of horror stories of those. And, you know, I'm just finishing up a probate now where the man had gotten remarried, but the children didn't know that he was legally remarried. They thought she was just a girlfriend. And then so come to find out, like after he dies, she produces the marriage license and they were legally married. And then the woman in this particular case kind of abandoned the man when he was really sick and dying. And she just kind of left him to die, basically. So the children are like very, very frustrated because now there's nothing in writing. And so she's entitled to her share of the estate. And, and she, she left him, but came back. Him. For the, for the money. Yes, for the money. And at first they thought, you know, she was going to give it up. But I, it's very rare in my experience where people walk away from money, you know. I mean, it does happen occasionally, but only when there's close relationships. But, you know, from like an ex or like an ex-stepmother, no, that doesn't really happen. And so now I have this, this one particular case that I'm talking about. We're about to close it. So the wife finally said, yes, I'm going to take my share. And then one of the other children, not my client, but another of the children says, well, I'm going to object. I am, this is not right. And, you know, he just kind of like blew up my ear telling me this whole story about how horrible she was. But, you know, that yeah, is but what the he, law. Yeah, you, you should have done something when you were, when he was alive. Yes, he yeah. should have done something and he yeah. didn't. And it's unfortunate, but it, it's what it is. It's the state's solution for deciding who gets what. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the law codified everything. There's statutes, there's case law, there's everything to back up this woman. Who cares if she was a bitch? Who cares right. if, doesn't if matter. she doesn't matter because you had an opportunity to whatever you're saying that she was horrible and yeah. whatever it is. Probably maybe, doesn't care. No, no. <laughs> That's what I want to tell people sometimes. Probably yeah. doesn't care. Probably you know, doesn't it doesn't care. matter. No, no, exactly. It's like, like there's no difference the details are irrelevant it's just the act it's just that you know yeah wow that's kind of that sucks for the kids but yeah you know you that kid needs to learn a lesson with that for future for him and for his family that resolve your your estate affairs be candid with your kids and if you're gonna get married again then let them know that she's gonna get yeah. the other half <laughs> yeah yeah she's yeah. gonna get what she's entitled to but yeah it's true it's important for people of every age not just elders not just people who are in second relationships I mean there's a whole long list of people that really should have an estate plan you know people with minor children people with special needs children people who have stepchildren but you know the bottom line really is everyone who owns a home, should have their home in the trust. They really, I mean, that's the best way to to transition it. Unless it's like business property or, you know, rental property, you know, business, business is a whole nother topic, but, you know, for people who like owner occupied homes, they want it to transition easily to their, to the next, the next generation. It should just be in writing from the very beginning. As soon as they sign that deed. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And amigas out there, because this happens a lot in the Latino communities where um, there's like these straw buyers, right? They, they're they the ones that put in the cash 
but somebody else takes title on the house. And um, well, guess what? Guess who's going to be changing? Who's going to be doing this state plan? The person that took the title. So amigas out there, please, 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 please do things ethically and the right way or else you're going to get in trouble, especially at the moment of death. Yeah, I've seen that happen in what you're talking about where, you know, it's relatives and for whatever reason, I have a case right now where um, the man died. He died of COVID last year in 20, when was it? 2021, I guess. And he had a girlfriend because he didn't have documents, right? He wasn't a legal citizen. So he put the title of the property in the girlfriend. Well, of course, after he's gone, she's off and on her own. Like now she owns all this property. So the brothers came back and they're suing her. Well, he was actually suing her while he was alive to get it back. But, um, you know, it's harder once he's gone. And so we're, we're still pursuing that. But it does happen. It yeah. does happen. Exactly. It has to get in writing. In writing, amigas, making sure that it's the correct people who are on title. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. I love these things. So any tips for us before we wrap this up? You know, like I always ask my guests who come on the, on the podcast, like the name of the podcast is Amiga Handle Your Shit. So do you have any tips on how an Amiga can handle her shit? Well, to just get good advice, you know, get advice from the right people, people you trust, not some online thing where you don't have to talk to anybody, you know, because because younger people now, they don't want to talk. I mean, my daughters, they don't want to pick up the phone and talk to anybody, right? So they'll just go online and do the chat or whatever. But that is not going to customize it to your particular situation. So if you're going to get advice, make sure it's, well, you know, of course, I'm a lawyer. So I'm going to say you should get it from a licensed professional because professionals are accountable And, you know, we have our malpractice insurance. We are going to be there to fix things if they go wrong, you know, whereas, you know, some, some document preparation or, you know, other, other non-licensed individuals can just tell you whatever they tell you. And they're not really allowed to give legal advice, but also like the do-it-yourselfers. And there are a lot of people that maybe are capable of doing that. But if, if you have, I mean, you know, for years I did my tax on my own. I did TurboTax, you know, I admit, but when you have a, a special situation where you want like particular advice, just talk to the right person. Right. And, you know, my services are not like out of the world expensive. My goal is to have like a neighborhood office so that homeowners can just like come to their, you know, like State Farm, right? You have your neighborhood insurance yeah. guy. So you need to have your neighborhood attorney there for you to give you some like real guidance. Right. And right. consultations are free. It's just, you know, that's my advice is to get the right kind of, you know, <laughs> the right yeah. kind of advice. Yeah. Or whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. I mean, I, I see it all the time in immigration where they're talking to notary attorneys, which yeah. are, they're not even attorneys. They're just notaries. Yes. Very different notary here in the United States than it is in Mexico. Right. In, in Mexico, they are licensed attorneys who are notaries. And so there's this huge confusion when they come to the States. They think these notaries know the law. No, they do not know the law. They pretend, they think, but they're not. They, know, they didn't pass the bar, which, by the way, 
it is one of the toughest bars in the entire United States to pass. So I'm just saying, amigas out there, go take advice from a real professional who is licensed and is able to cater to you in the way that you deserve, especially when you're leaving a legacy behind. Yes, because if they screw up, they're not going to fix it. You know, they're, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. That's just, you know, you may not even get a sorry. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> just, oh, oh, well, you know. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yes, I love this advice. Um, I think it's, it really resonates, obviously, with me being a lawyer, but, but I'm sure it resonates with a lot of amigas out there listening to this podcast because, you know, in the Latino community, there tends to be a lot of fraud and there's like misinformation of the law. And rather than you, you go and talk to your neighbor and then you go talk to the storekeeper and you're, you're getting advice from everybody, but you're not going to the right person. So amigas, go to the right person. If you are looking for an estate plan, go to Liz because she knows it. She knows it exactly. She's been doing this forever. So she knows every piece, a part of estate planning. So. Thank you so much, Liz. This is wonderful. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. This was a lot of fun for me as well. I love talking about this. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. So where can they find you? You sit in Whittier, but it's called My Attorney LA. My Attorney LA. That's my website. I'm easy to find. Okay. And yes, and we could do, you know, telephone, Zoom. We can do remote consultations for people who find it a little inconvenient to get out to Whittier. But, um, you know, we're kind of centrally located, right on the border of L.A. and Orange County. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the, maybe soon we'll be in your neighborhood. Woohoo! One day. Awesome. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm so grateful to you here for spending some time here with Adam the Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you so much, Liz Apodaca. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.